This is the Plain English Real Estate Show with your host, Rowena Patton, a show that focuses on the real estate market in terms you can easily understand. Call Rowena now. The number is 240-9962 or 1-800-570-9962. Now here's the English girl in the mountains, the agent that I would trust, Rowena Patton. Good morning and welcome to the show. This is the Real Estate News Radio Show on WWNC 570. And let's kick it off by saying uh, or celebrating Memorial Day weekend. I always feel strange celebrating or saying happy Memorial Day. Always just, I don't know, just doesn't seem right somehow. I I know what you're saying. Right? Yeah, I do. Especially this year. I don't know. There's been so much going on and... With the with the war, obviously, uh, it's it's just uh, unbelievable. So uh, Memorial Day, that's sometimes that's the time when we remember people who have been served, of course, who have served, and um, really their families as well, because there are still a lot of people left behind without those, uh, you know, the loved ones that aren't here anymore because they served and and because they really. Uh, gave the ultimate ultimate sacrifice of their lives. That's right, and that is, uh, still affects many, many, many families out there. So, um, our thoughts and prayers go out to you, and we remember your veterans with honour. Um, and on the phone this morning, we have a caller already. David Heim, how are you this morning? I think we lost David. Hello, it's David. Hello, David. How are you? <laughs> I'm just fine, Rowena. How are you? Wonderful. I was just saying, um, you know, it's always so difficult to say Happy Memorial Day because Memorial Day, I don't know, it just feels like a time when we remember people. And, and um, what should you say on Memorial Day, do you think, David? What do you say? I, I think of the people that are up in heaven and the people who are um, lamenting their loss down below and with sadness and a mixture of pride for their sacrifice. Did you actually say the people down below who are lamenting the loss of being upstairs? Is that what you meant? Oh, I like that. I meant the, the folks in heaven and the people who are left here on earth. Oh, I see. I see. Um, yes, that's exactly what we were just saying. You probably got your radio turned down because uh, you're you're on the phone. I thought for a moment there you were saying uh, those downstairs, uh, you know, as in, in hell, because they didn't do right while they were here, which... I don't know, it was somewhat amusing. So, <laughs> Good morning, David, and happy Saturday. How are you today? I'm great, Rowena. How are you? Wonderful. Um, as you may know, we're talking about is, can we actually predict the shift in the market? You know, is, is the economy scooting down? Is it going up? What on earth is happening right now? And what does that look like? And I've got a number of figures showing why we've got a small window now as sellers, especially if we're in those higher dollar homes to get out, and we don't have any time to spare on that. Do you have any thoughts on that for us, David? Are you seeing any friends or family buying a home or selling a home right now? Well, um, Juliet, my wife, and I are in a, an interesting situation. We bought our house, timed beautifully, pretty much at the bottom of the market. Wonderful. And it has appreciated hugely in the last eight or nine years, mm-hmm. um, to the point that, that we would consider selling. Mm-hmm. But it's it's do you hold it and hope that the market stabilizes or do you wait? What, what's the right? That is a, a, a great question. It's a question also a lot of people are asking. Do you have any uh, just gut feel of, of what price point your house is at, David? Well, my the interesting part of that, I mean, the price point for us is in the sevens, probably. Okay. So that's a very good. That's but, that's a very good us, one to talk about. We have to buy something once we sold it. Of yeah. course. And what kind of price point are you looking to buy at once you've sold your seven hundred? Well, we were contemplating building rather than buying. Okay. And what did you plan to do uh, while you're building a home? There's some. I beg your pardon. What are you planning to do while you are building a home? I mean, where will you live if you sell your house? Well, we'd probably contemplate a short-term rental. Okay. Yep. So we'll talk about that as well. And what price... So, a very clever realtor like yourself would say to us, we'll write the contract to give you some time in your home. Absolutely. You to find a short-term rental. 
that, that absolutely. I'm I'm gathering all the facts right now, and then we can talk about what are the different scenarios of how this could play out for you based on the figures that we're seeing now and the leading indicators, which I'm going to go through with everybody today. But thank you so much for calling in, David, because, you know, hearing a real-life situation, I think, really helps people rather than me going, well, if you're doing this and doing that, you know, this is a real-life situation. So thank you. You're a popular man this morning, my gosh. Or is that all the callers we're getting in, Randy, <laughs> on this topic? Because everybody's well, thinking, I, oh, my gosh. One th- yes, of course. Can I say one thing before I leave you? Of course. There's no small irony that it's Memorial Day weekend and the Homes for Heroes program is such a, an amazing thing to honor veterans. But I think we also honor you, Rowena, for your program. Oh, my you gosh. explain it again to folks who haven't heard it? Of course, yes. Homes for Heroes, that is. We've given back over $800,000. It's not a few dollars here and there. You get 25% of our commission, whatever we earn on your sale or purchase. And that is veterans, active military, uh, police, fire, healthcare professionals. Um, I think I got veterans in there as well. Did I get teachers and teachers as well? So if you're in any of those categories, we can help you. And it, it hurts my heart when I especially hear nurses and doctors for some reason say, oh, I've never heard of it. So thank you so much, David. That's very much appreciated. My pleasure, Rowena. I wish you a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Well, just one more question for you, David, in terms of gathering some info about what you're doing next. So... Um, if you weren't to build a home, if we could find you a home that is new or newer, what would you be looking at and what price point would you be at? Well, ideally, um, the, um, in the region of Fletcher, Cane Creek Valley is what we love. Okay. It's a beautiful environment there. It's in the middle of everything but away from everything at the same time, which gives you all the best advantages. Um Probably three bedroom, two and a half bath, um, between three and three and a half thousand square feet would be wonderful. Um, some acreage that we might subdivide for our children. Okay. And why are you leaving your current home? Because your current home is quite large and it's 700. So why would you leave your... Uh, oh, your... no. Uh, the contemplation that we would do is that um, we, we we consider selling if we could buy a, a property that's the right size so that we could subdivide it. I see. So you want more acreage. Um, that's the goal. A, a comp, create a compound for our family. I see. So if you could move your current home onto a bigger piece of land that you could subdivide, would that work for you? Got it. Okay. All right. I see the scenario now. Thank you so much. You're welcome to stay on with me if you want, but it sounds like you've got an awful lot of calls to get to there. <laughs> I wish you a wonderful day, and Rowena, it's a pleasure speaking with you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, David. It's always great to hear from you. You. Same. Okay, so David is in a house that um, is actually mid seven, so let's say 750. And he is looking to, it sounds like if he could pick up that home and plop it on a piece of land that is bigger that he could subdivide, that would work. So. A couple of scenarios there. It is great that he'd look to be in a short-term term rental. Just bear in mind when you're building, that can be a little difficult right now. I know we've all heard about that. And especially with a larger home. And if any of you are builders out there, you are welcome to call in and, and talk to this. But what we're seeing is around 18 months to two years. So that's a significant amount of rental. And if you're renting something larger, you're going to be talking about 3000 or something like that a month. For a, for a larger property. So 12, 24, 36. Let's see if we can do the math really quickly. And so for two years, you just, you're looking seventy dollars to $80,000. That's a lot in rent for one thing. So if you can take that $70,000 or $80,000 $80, out of the, um, you know, the, the balance sheet, as it were, and we could find you something that's new that fits the bill, maybe um, a master suite on the main. I mean, obviously, I'd go into this in more detail, but a master suite on the main, that kind of thing. Um, then if we can find you something that's already existing that's got that uh, larger land, it's probably going to be a better buy right now. Although, again, this takes more of a conversation. It may be that there are specifics that David and his wife want in that new home that they can only get by building. So if that's the case, we've got a number of builders that we work with. 
uh, whereby we'll, we'll place you there. It's often uh, very useful if you can stay in your home until you actually build a home. However, let's have a look at what the market's doing right now. So, hmm, I've also looked at these figures for around the the country and I've looked at Atlanta because that's always the one that may be a little different to ours. Let's talk about leading indicators. What are leading indicators? So leading indicators are when we look forward through the windshield. And by the way, if you know anybody that's buying or selling, you can find this video on um, the, the All Star Powerhouse Real Estate, All Star Powerhouse Real Estate on Facebook. The video is actually posted there. I believe I posted it on mine at Rowena Patton uh, on Facebook as well. Um, but you can certainly find it on All Star Powerhouse. Yes, it's also on Rowena Patton on Facebook. So you can find it in either places or All Star Powerhouse Real Estate, which is my business page. So this whole presentation is on there. There's a, uh, it's, it's a video of this presentation <clears throat> that I'm going through with you right now, plus me speaking to it. So, you know, you can watch that and share it with anybody you'd like to. So leading indicators, that's when you're looking through the windshield. You're not looking in the rear view mirror. So the figure that we have for what is going on in the market right now, and I don't hear anybody else talking about this, quite frankly, anywhere, are new listings. What new listings are coming on the market? And that's in terms of supply. So all you're hearing on a regular basis is that there are no home sales out there at all. There's just nothing going on. So, um, you know, oh, there's just no houses out there. When you look at the figures above 400,000, and remember, the vast majority of people are buying at or above $400,000. Did I say 4,000? No, 400. Got it. Okay, so 400,000, that is the average price. So if we look at new listings that are coming on above that, that's what we'd call a leading indicator. You're all hearing about supply and demand um, all the time on the TV, on the news, on the radio. So new listings is the supply. Now, another figure that we've got that's a very early figure, not looking in the rearview mirror, is how many showings does it take each listing to have? That's the demand. How many showings does it take each listing to have to go into contract? So we'll look at those figures. And um, if you're, let me just cut to the chase. If you can't be bothered or are going out and doing something else or you're bored with figures and you're putting your head under the pillow right now, um, for sellers... The new listings are coming on at a clip in both areas we've looked at so far. And the showings per listings are also uh, increasing. So it takes more showings to uh, get that home sold. The other trend we're going to look at is the sales price. That's a lagging indicator. So, oh, it looks like we've got Ralph on the line. Good morning, Ralph. How are you doing this morning? Hey, good morning, Ralph. How are you this morning? Good. How you been? Wonderful. Nice to hear from you. Um, so do you have, do you have any friends or family that are looking to buy or sell right now? Well, you know, it's it's funny she texted me at this time because, you know, I, I, I have the retreat, which, um, you, you, you know about. And so I guess it's been roughly about a month ago. I had a gentleman come out to stay. He was a former UDT, um, which was before the SEAL teams were, were formed. They were called unwarranted demolition technicians. So he was trying to, uh. He was trying to relocate out here to Asheville, so he stayed out in the camp uh, about a month or so. And he traveled, you know, all around, you know, Bryson City, here, um, Waynesville, and unfortunately couldn't find anything in his price range. Yeah. And um, that's what I think a lot of folks that, you know, veterans on the, on that side are, you know, current or retired, don't have the income to to be able to support the the price here in Buncombe County. Absolutely. And I want to honor you, Ralph, and say, A, thank you for your service, and B, thank you for the wonderful work you do with the retreat. Do you want to just tell our listeners for a second what that's all about? Yeah, so Veterans Retreat is a a nonprofit that was established a couple of years ago. We allow veterans returning from deployment uh, to come and stay a few days free so they can reconnect with their loved ones whom they've been away from for, you know, many months up to, you know, a year. And so they're able to reconnect, just put their feet up, enjoy uh, Western North Carolina, and uh, de-stress. That's what it's all about. It's really a a wonderful service, and thank you for 
pointing out again how much the homes have gone up. So when I started in real estate in 2017, and I'll just give you the Buncombe County figures, I remember the average home price being around $175,000. It's now $425,000. The problem is our, you know, veterans income hasn't gone up a whole lot. Salaries haven't gone up a whole lot. So, and of course now we have inflation at a 44 year high. So it makes affordability very hard. And my heart goes out to veterans out there that can't afford a home. Plus the fact 40% of our homeless in Buncombe County are veterans, which, I mean, how can that be? How does that happen? Right. So, um, yeah, you're exactly right. We, we are in a shifting market right now. So that does mean we're going to see prices coming down. And it starts at the top, which is why we're looking at prices over 400000 the average here being 425 right now. And we're going to go through some of those. So, you know, there, there is some light at the end of the tunnel. We're also going to see over time, but it's going to take a little bit of time. The, the cycle, as you know, Ralph, is 7 to 11 years. So the bottom of the market traditionally is 3.5 to 5 years. So we've got 3.5 to 5 years to go to see those lower prices, plus the fact if we actually live a little further out, then we're going to get more for our money. But I wish I could offer some hope right now, and I really can't. It's about getting creative, I think, and looking at other ways to fund a home. So, for example, here's, here's an idea you can give, Ralph. So for the veterans out there that you know really want to fund a home and they can't afford to do so, what you can do is get a home where you can Airbnb part of it. So you've got to be outside the city limits of Asheville to be able to do that. And, you know, a lot of neighborhoods don't allow it too. So you maybe want something with no restrictions. Um, but you can have a basement with a separate entrance where you really never see people come and go. Or you could do a long-term rental down there or uh, an Airbnb or a v- VRBO. It's a way to meet people. You don't have to meet them if you don't want to. They can come and go as they please. And you can make a lot of money doing that that then funds your mortgage. Does that does that sound like something that, that might that work? Quite creative. Yeah, we, we can. Does. And you know, I, I happen to be, you know, had had the pleasure of being with some guys over in the desert that were from UK, and they were telling me about programs in the UK that actually building sites that were specifically for, you know, veterans, teachers, firemen, and policemen. And if you had to be meet meet that category in order to get into to that particular neighborhood. And um, you wow, know, what you do and in, in, in allowing those people to have 25 percent off the, the your fees. But, you know, I think we also have to get creative as far as as uh, some tax for these uh, builders to be able to come in and, and to 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 make these neighborhoods. Absolutely. That, uh, are affordable for our our, you know, blue collar, hardworking, you know, heroes. Well, I have to give a shout out to Rod Hubbard here, who's uh, a developer friend of mine who has been working in the affordable housing market for a very long time. He built Brickton Village, Appledorn, uh, Bird Road townhomes in, in Black Mountain. And he's, for a very long time, has been into affordable housing. And you have to, you know, you have to uh, meet very strict guidelines when you're doing that. And of course, those homes now in Brickton or Appledorn, if you've seen those lately, are barely affordable. So we'd have to start all over again and build some more affordable homes one of the challenges in the mountains, of course, is that we don't have those huge tracts of flat land where we can build in volume, which is where, you know, where we get the affordability from. You have to be able to build a lot at one time, generally. At least that's one way of attacking it. Um, hey, Ralph, thank you right. so much for your, for your call. Thanks, Ralph. And um, we'll talk to you again soon. And thank you so much for what you do for veterans. Thanks, Ralph. Happy uh, Memorial Day. Thanks, my darling. You too. So coming back to the figures that we're going through, Of course, you know, all of these, you have to look house to house, street to street, neighborhood to neighborhood. Of course, we can do your own personal property analysis. I'd love to do that for you. I don't want you to wait. I don't want you to procrastinate. I also don't want to sound like one of those agents who are saying, sell it now, sell it now. You've got to sell it else. Everything's going to hell in a handbasket. That's not the case. The cycle is seven to 11 years. So if you want to hold on for seven to 11 years, then... No worries at all. You know, hold on. Um, if, the, if the house doesn't work for you and your family for the next 7 to 11 years, you might want to think about selling it now, but you've got a small window at this point. Um, I know people who are thinking about buying and going, oh my gosh, well, you know, I'm not buying something because we're at the height of the market and you're telling me the prices are going to go down. It doesn't matter. It's kind of like your portfolio for your pension. What do you do? Do you keep moving it around? Most people don't. 
They leave it over the long term. What goes up comes down. It's the same economic cycle that's affecting your portfolio. It's seven to 11 years. So if you buy the house now, even if it, first of all, you've probably got a house to sell. So you're going to get top dollar for yours. And yes, you're buying the house at top dollar. However, even if it comes down 10% and the average house is 450, it comes down $45,000, which sounds, oh my gosh, right? But you're going to lose more than that on the house that you're selling most likely. So it all comes out in the wash. And if you're not moving for seven to 11 years, the home's going to be worth more. The trend is always up. Peak to peak is always up. So if your home's worth 400,000 now, we're just guessing, of course, probably going to be worth 500,000 in seven to 11 years. So it always goes up. You got it covered. And oh my gosh, if you're renting, oh, can we even go there? Shall I go right to renting? Because I think we're going to get a lot of callers today saying, what do we do? Let's go right to renting. So the average rent is around $2,200. I know a lot of you are paying more than that. So it's just work on four months to uh, four, 48 months. That's uh, 12, 24. Yeah, 48 months is four years. Let's work on four years. So $2,200 in rent. That's waiting until the market's at the bottom. Of course, we can never time it exactly, but that's the average four years time. So $2,200 times 4,800 months is $105,000 and 105,600. Right. So rounded up $106,000 just to make it easy to say. So $106,000 you're going to pay in rent. Of course, if you pay more rent per month, that, that goes up. So $106,000, guys, is a really, really, really big cushion. Um, and then people say, yeah, but we're, we're waiting till the interest rate's going down. On that note, I'm going to go over to Cameron Ball, who we've got live standing by. Cameron, tell us what the interest rates are going to do. I feel like I should be standing in the middle of a hurricane when you pass it off like that. <laughs> um, and and I guess theoretically we sort of are in the middle of a, a little bit of an economic hurricane. But yeah. to answer that direct question, um, the best estimate I can give you is that if and when rates come back down, we will not in our lifetime see 2 and 3% again. So – if you oh, think that that's, that's normal and you're waiting to get back to that, you're going to be waiting for an awfully long time is my estimation that maybe we might see fours at some point, but not in the near future. So here's the deal. Here's what I'm telling each and every client of mine. And, I, and you've heard me say this on the show many times. The best time to buy real estate was six years ago, six months ago, six days ago, or today. So you really need to jump on board. If by chance the rates, let's say in six months or 12 months or two years, decide to take a temporary dip, jump on board, call me back. We refinance you at the lower rate and you get locked in. But That's um, a good point too. Really, I would jump on board uh, if you're even considering it because to your point, more than interest, you're losing appreciation. The appreciation is the most important part of real estate, not interest. Um, right. So paying down that. your principal. You can change those stars. Yeah. Pay Absolutely. down your principal. And, as, and, and paint it. Goes on, <laughs> if you're going to, if you're going to be in a home for a long period of time, I mean, history would say that over that period of time, 10, 15, 20 years, you're going to be making more money. It's going to be easier. Those things are going to ease up on you. Yeah. But the fact is you're probably not even going to be in that home more than five, seven years. Well, 7 to 11 is the cycle. So in, in since 1860, 7 to 11 years, I know you're all tired of me saying this at this point. That's peak to peak. In 7 to 11 years, the trend is, has always been up. So in 7 to 11 years, your home is going to be, even if we're at the peak, I, feel, I believe we've tipped the peak, and I'm going to show you figures that will prove that, um, over 400,000, and it starts at the top. The, the recession in housing starts at the top. Then if we've already tipped... Um, you've got even less than 7 to 11 to wait for that home to be worth more than it is now. And you're locking in that lower interest rate. Um, Cameron, I want to give some examples of what the interest rate means. So last year, we were in uh, low threes, correct? Even less than that uh, at some yeah, point. Yeah, even high twos. Yeah. Even high twos. So let's, give a, let's be conservative and say 3.25. So 3.2, don't worry, I'm not putting in the hot seat here. 
and your home price is four fifty, which is average in in Buncombe County. You're putting five percent down. You might be putting ten percent, fifteen percent, twenty percent, whatever it is. We're going with five percent down. That home at three point two five is going to cost you. And I'll send you all these figures. I'm more than happy to do it. Or you can go to mountainhomehunt.com. Mountainhomehunt.com. This calculator is on every home on there. So twenty five hundred and sixty four dollars. Let's just round it up to twenty six hundred. So Last year, that $450,000 home was costing you $2,600 a month. So, okay, now we go to 7%, which a lot of people are predicting by the end of the year, early next year. Guess what it goes up to? $3,547. It's nearly $1,000 more. So for the average person, they don't have $1,000 more. So what we have to do is look at a a lower-priced home and I think that comes down to about 320, 330. We can run all the figures for you. So instead of looking at four, four, a $450,000 home for the same monthly payment, you may not be able to afford more. You're looking in the threes, or you're just going to suck it up and pay $1,000 more a month. That's kind of scary, isn't it? But, Ro, don't forget, um, lenders, as, as things constrict, Lenders get more creative. Um, mm. You may, depending on your situation, as of right now, um, I'm looking at arm rates, five, seven, and 10-year arm rates. And if you, if in your best guess, you're going to be there, you know, shorter term, five, seven years, whatever, and maybe we pad it a little bit and go with the next one up, I've seen interest rates being a full point lower. That's an option. There are interest-only options that are making a comeback. So you can oh. actually just count on your appreciation, uh, cut your payment down two, $300 just by paying interest-only. Um, so there's, there's lots of, lots of cool things. There's 40-year amortization. So, you know, there's different ways to, to mitigate this, this, I don't want to call it a blip, but this little bit of a correction that we're we're going through. Yeah. And the, the correction traditionally happens for seven to 11 years. No one should be worried by this. We've got the strategy for mm-hmm. you regardless. You know what? Keep your home. Don't sell it for seven to 11 years if that home still works for you. But if you've been procrastinating for the last five years or 10 years or 15 years, some people, you know, the kids left home 20 years ago and they've been in a four or five bedroom home going, you know, we really need to sell this and get into a single level. Some of these people are in their 60s in let's just say 10 years time they're going to be in their 70s it's not as easy to move in your 70s as it is in your 60s right so you probably want to move now at that point that's where i'm going with this so you know it's just worthwhile looking at what the scenario is none of us is pushing you to sell or not sell or buy or not buy um of course you know, cameron can give you all of that so if you go to mountainhomehunt.com mountainhomehunt.com Click on finance. It's in the black bar. Finance at the top. Uh, Cameron's smiling face will come up and his cell phone number, his company number, his website. Uh, You can just put your comments or questions in there for him and tell him how you uh, would prefer to be contacted. So that's mountainhomehunt.com. Click on finance at the top. And uh, that's the way you contact Cameron, who will give you all of these different strategies. We should probably do a whole show on this coming up here soon. What do you think? Cameron? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think it'd be the appropriate time to get some questions answered. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, have a great Saturday, Cameron. Thank you so much for calling in today. And uh, I do, I, I stopped short of saying happy Memorial Day because it's not happy, but uh, please everybody take a moment to be thankful for the freedoms we have and the ultimate sacrifice that has been given. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we should come up with a term that is appropriate to say, and maybe some of you veterans out there know that. Um, so, uh, you know, today we honor Memorial Day. How about that? Let's honor Memorial absolutely. Day and honor the, the veterans. Thank you all. Yeah, absolutely. All right, my darling, thank you so much for calling in. You have a right. great weekend. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. So, Want to go? I'm going to jump over here to Jacob in just a second. I want to get through some of these figures, though. So new listings that are those are the leading indicators. I am looking at Buncombe. I am looking at Henderson. I'm looking at Haywood County. So Buncombe County over four hundred thousand. And again, I know you can't see the pictures right now. Um, there is this full presentation on my Facebook page, Rowena Patton, or you can go to All Star Powerhouse. Real Estate on Facebook, the full video is there. You can just click and watch it. It's about 15 minutes. 
and it's and you can pause on these figures so you can see them. I ran figures for over four hundred thousand. When you look at all figures, the, the the narrative is correct. Oh, there there aren't any houses out there. Yada yada yada. Right. So we're not seeing the shift at all. Let's. After all, our average price in Buckingham County now is four twenty five to four thirty five, some somewhere around there. So let's look at it over four hundred thousand and get the real picture. It's a straight lineup. It's twenty percent increase in terms of new listings coming on the market. That is a significant figure, and I'm doing a rolling five year here. It only actually dipped during COVID, believe it or not, and it kept going up after that. I don't know why we haven't been talking about this. Same picture in Henderson County. That is up nearly 31% in terms of new listings coming on the market. That is supply, guys. Is it going to show up right now in the figures, in the amount we're getting for our home? No, because those figures show up in about 90 days. Those are what we call lagging indicators. That's looking in our rear view mirror. So you've got about 90 days for this to show up. But it's a line going straight up. Henderson County, 31%. We've gone up in the numbers of listings on the market. So that's good news for those of you looking out there. It's gone up so much. Haywood County. I'm going to have to zoom my head in for this. So give me two seconds here. Uh, 33%. 33.4% in Haywood County. So those are some some significant figures. This is over 400,000 new listings coming on the market. It's a straight lineup. Um, For the, the last couple of years, actually, we just haven't been talking about it. Certainly since January last year, it's a straight lineup. If you don't believe me, I can send you these figures out and show you. This is not my opinion. This is looking at what does that actually mean? These are actual statistics. And then coming up right after Jacob, I'm going to go through with you. How many showings per listing does it take to get them sold? This again, the the three counties over $400,000 because our average is over that right now. How many showings does it take? That's demand. Right. In other words, how many? T- so if you've got, you know, house 100 Main Street, how does that house show two times or 10 times now to, to get it sold? And, and uh, maybe that should be our trivia price today. Guess whether that's gone up. The number of showings has gone up or gone down based on the figures I just gave you. Good morning, Jacob. How are you doing today? I, I am doing all right. I'm feeling extremely intimidated. Oh, no, don't feel intimidated. Uh, Why? Th- those numbers you just ran through, yeah. like, I, I'm a numbers person, and I got lost. That, that's uh, impressive. Very, oh, uh, well, I don't want you to impressive. get lost. Which, which bit was confusing around it? Should I just do one county? Because they're all acting the same right now. Did- you're, you're, it's kind of like I'm, I'm out of my realm. You know, it's like I... I, I walked in with my baseball bat to a football stadium sort of thing where <laughs> you're just completely talking a different language. Oh, um, well, all this means yeah, it, is, it's is, awesome. It's very impressive. Well, I hope it makes some sense because all we're looking at here is a new listing is a new home for sale, right? So if, if you live at 100 main street in Buncombe County and you put it on the market right now, that's what we call a leading indicator, right? How many of those homes are coming coming on the market? Because if people are nervous about where they're going to go, they don't put the house on the market. If people are nervous about the house they're going to buy next and how we're going to be able to afford it, they don't put the house on the market. And then the supply is very low. So it's supply and demand. When the supply is very low, sellers can ask anything they want for the houses. That's why we've been in this. Well, okay, I'm exaggerating, but... This is why we've been in this seller's market for so long. Sellers are getting these crazy prices because there's nothing out there. You know, there's nothing available. The supply is very low. What I'm showing you by these new listings figures is showing you the competition to your home, that it's gone through the roof. Haywood and Henderson, we've gone up 30%. Buncombe County, we've gone up 20%. So there are 20%. Our supply chain has gone up by 20%. That's going to hit figures over time. Yeah, you, you... Yeah, you bring bring it back to supply and demand, and I'm right on the same page, and it all makes sense. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Wow. And, and the demand is the same thing, right? So now we're getting more homes on the market, over 400,000. That's the important thing. So the media out there, the common narrative with agents and people is that, oh, it's still a seller's market. We're going to be fine. And then Forbes came out about two months ago and said we're heading towards a severe recession, end of this year, early next year. Then we had Bank of America follow and a lot of people saying we're going to be going into recession. That's normal. 
It's a seven to 11 year cycle. There's nothing abnormal about that. You can blame the government or not blame the government. This cycle still happens. Sometimes it, it, it um, you know, uh, because of the administration, our cycle got longer this time. We, we stayed in, uh, you know, a better economic realm. And then we, when we switched, uh, we started to go down. But it is normal seven to 11 years. We're going to see houses go up, houses go down. We're going to see the stock market go up, the stock market come down for seven to 11 years. That's the important one. So when we look at greater supply, right, so we're, we're seeing a greater supply, the line's going almost straight up for Haywood County and Henderson County for Buncombe County. It's a little more gentle, but that line has been going up for a year, over $400,000. And the, the recession in housing, or it's not a recession in housing, it's a lowering of prices, right? And often an increase in interest rate because of inflation, if we have inflation. Of course, this time around, we do at a 44-year high, which is a real problem. That's probably our biggest pro- problem out there. So then when we look at demand, we are looking at showings per listing. That's how many people are looking at a house. And frankly, how desperate are they to buy it? So is that 12 showings and then the house sells at 100 Main Street? Or is that two showings? Well, guess what? All those lines are straight up too. It's taking more showings to um, to sell the house, which means that demand is slowing down a little bit. And the figures in terms of the prices that we're seeing, oh, it's going up, going up, going up. Mm, guess what? They're all flat. I can show you those two. So in, in both Buncombe, Henderson, and Hayward. Now, in 90 days' time, when those new listings actually go under contract, then it takes six weeks for us to get the figure that they sell at, right? We're about 90 days out. So we've got, if the, the bottom line is, if you've got a, a home that's priced in the 300s, 400s or up, especially as you go up way above that, the line just gets more vertical, sell it now. You've got a 90-day window before your price starts getting hurt. So, okay, so are you you kind of saying that we're a little bit behind the curve on our information, so we may be farther along to that peak than we already knew? So even though this is what we're looking at now, you know, you might already be too late if you haven't done it, put your house on the market. You're actually not not too late because we don't have the media screaming about how house prices are going down right now. And most people think it's still a seller's market. And a, and a lot of perception is what creates a market. You know, when people, when somebody in the yeah. stock market starts right. selling off, all the other people go, oh, it must be time to sell off, whether it's right or not, frankly. Perception creates a lot of the market. So the figures that I've shown you prove that at least in that last year period, more and more and more showings have gone up. In other words, the, the supply has increased. I'm also showing you showings per listing. That is proving that over the last year, this is over 400,000. That's the critical one. Most people just go all figures, right? So if you're looking at, I don't know, $200,000 houses, it, it, what on earth does average mean? A $200,000 house is nothing to do with a $400,000 house, and our average is 425. That's why I did it above this line. And it start, the prices start creeping okay. down at the top. The million-dollar houses go first, the 900 next, the 800 next, the 700 next, and it creeps all the way down. You're not too late because um, we're still getting, we're still getting uh, multiple offers, less multiple offers than we were. But I, I'm the canary in the, in the coal mine right now. I'm ringing that alarm bell. Actually, if I were the correct canary in the coal mine, I'd be clinging on with one foot at this point because there's a lot of gas in the coal mine. And I'm, do, you, do you know that phrase, the canary in the coal mine? Yes, yes, very, very Okay, familiar. so just for those um, of you out no. though, there that don't know that, uh, the coal miners used to take a canary down in a little cage, and um, when if there were gas in the coal mine, the canary would die, and he dies pretty quickly, way before a coal miner would die. So um, maybe I don't want to be the canary after all. Go ahead, Jacob. No, you, you, you don't want to be the canary, but, Mm-mm. you know, they're useful. Um, so... Amazing. Um, should should I talk about hemp building stuff? Abs- please do. Absolutely. Hemp Creek. Let's oh, talk about right. Hemp Creek. All right. So uh, my name is Jacob Waddell. I'm from the U.S. Hemp Building Association. Uh, we're trying to push forward hemp building materials into the market. Um, I, you know, from the, the flavor of the show and kind of get, get an understanding of, you know, who's listening. We, we can go into some science details about these materials and how they work and how they operate. But really what we need to start be 
to be looking at and thinking about is green building and um, a green market in the building industry and the residential industry uh, moving forward. Uh, we're seeing a big push from the government to try to get to net zero buildings. And this is unrealistic unless you have carbon negative items to make up for the carbon positive items that are going to be required in a building. Um, and hemp concrete is one of the few carbon negative materials that you can put into a house and um, really make it a healthier environmental place. So I guess the pitch here is as we get farther down this ecological pathway, um, keep your eye open for green buildings and the green real estate market. Absolutely. And if you if you Google this stuff, if you're at home, hempcrete, it looks like cinder blocks, correct? looks like big gray blocks that are a little bit thinner than a cinder block, the hempcrete. What does it look like? Okay, so different methods and different out, outputs. What you're looking at there is a hemp block. Um, you can also have panel forms, and you can also, like, form it in place, like in the framing. Ooh. Um, so it looks like a almost, uh, when it's wet, it's like almost like mud and sticks. You know, it's like these are aggregates in in like a line, but they're like, you know, woody aggregate. And um, and then you can pack them in and then they dry and they become hard like stone. They're they're part line or majority line um, in traditional hempcrete. Um, and yeah, so you basically create like a stone wall. So um, I know, yeah, I just had somebody text me to say um, the well, they posted on the Facebook te- page. Do you get high in a hempcrete house? <laughs> we might start no. to cra- well, we um, might start to craze here, Jacob. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I I hate to disappoint everybody. <laughs> Do not get intoxicated at all by the house. You actually be less polluted because normal housing materials are off-gassing things, and you're going to remove that off-gassing, so you're going to have less chemicals. Um, and by that, we mean when we put carpets house. down. Most carpets put off a gas, even paint does. Um, you know, all kinds of things that you use in a house. Paint does. Yeah. Linoleum's yeah. one of those Wally good ones, right? Like and for the older people uh, in one? the for the older people in the audience, uh, linoleum is one of those interesting materials that, that yeah. um is, is made of natural materials that your kids can crawl around on. So grandma's linoleum, that is not today's vinyl, that's a very different uh, material, but grandma's linoleum, which is, has actually become very popular again. It's a, it's a lovely material. Is also one of those materials that that uh, your kids can crawl around on, and you don't have all those gases coming out. And um, the interesting thing for me, Jacob, when I started looking this up, is that Asheville is like the epicenter of this. I had no idea of hempcrete houses. Yeah. Yep. Um, and the first permitted U.S. homes were in Asheville um, in like, two thousand nine. Um, Things have developed and changed since then a little bit in the country, but um, yeah, that's that's the kind of the hub for you know American building in a way. And I guess we are kind of cool and hip here, so that kind of makes sense. But guys, yeah. you got to see these. Well, Just Google Hempcrete House in Asheville, and you'll be amazed, absolutely amazed at what these things look like. And you're going to have to give me if you have any contacts for the owners of these. Um, uh, give me the contact for them, Jacob, uh, another day, and we'll get them on the show because they are. Just fascinating. I don't have the contacts, but I will tell you that one of them didn't go for sale. So one of them is at least on a second owner. So I don't know exactly what that transaction looked like, but that might be interesting stuff um, to see how that went through. Did that affect a housing price? Um, I'm not sure it would be good or bad because people probably didn't understand it enough to quantify, you know, a value to it. but that would just be interesting to me, just the market analysis. I was just doing, um, uh, yeah, I'm so, looking for it right know. now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <cool. laughs> yeah, no, I'm putting hemp, um, I'm putting, yeah. apparently there's lots of hemp hill. Of course, you know, we, we have to say, guys, we, you know, we, we are in Asheville, so you'd expect that. Can you believe that when I type in hemp, and this is the entire Charlotte uh, MLS too, we've got hemp hill street, we've got hemp hill road. <laughs> Um, so, you know, I, I you wouldn't... Know, that's, those, are, those are the signs of history. Yes. Because when you 
you see the, the word hemp in there, it's because hemp used to be grown all over this country. And that's why those, that word's prevalent in streets, in names of cities. Like, it, it seems weird at first, but it's not like they renamed the street recently. Right. Well, what, what would we do? Jacob, you said we were growing it years ago all over the country. What were we doing with it then, if that's not, not, not a dumb question? I mean, other than people smoking no, it. it, but... it no, it wasn't being smoked almost at all. Uh, it was primarily used for cloth, um, ropes, clothing, canvas. I mean, the word canvas is from cannabis because that's what people use. Sales oh for gosh. boats. Those were all made from from the cannabis plant, like from the, the fiber side of it. Wow. Honestly, it, that, when, when we look at the illegalization, a lot of people point to the fact that it was competing with cotton. So cotton had an interest to get it out. It was competing with wood and paper. So wood had an interest in getting it out. It was competing with, like, if we didn't have plastics, we wouldn't have nylon, which was really the only option to replace hemp rope. So without the development of polymers, we, would, we couldn't have stopped using hemp because hemp is such a strong natural fiber that it was used on critical aspects of materials that needed strength. So, as usual, modern materials came in and pushed out something that was natural and very strong. And now we're using modern materials with hemp, like hempcrete, for example, to bring it back. It's, it's really interesting. I actually had no idea that it was grown all over the well, country and used as such. Yeah, there's, there's stuff like the draft of the Constitution was on hemp. Um, you you had to you had to grow hemp at certain points in this country's history. You of course have like in um, World War II effort there was hemp for victory, which basically we we had to legalize hemp um, because of these you know economic and and social or political reasons. And then we were getting it all from Asia, and then we went to war with Asia, and we suddenly didn't have the supply we needed for all these critical wow. materials that needed strength. So we had to grow hemp domestically. And then the war ended and it became illegal again. And, you know, the push continued. If um, only we'd learn these days yeah, to do very, more things at home instead of be importing it from abroad. We might be able to be self-sufficient, whether it's hemp or anything else. Uh, that is fascinating. I had no idea. Wow. Absolutely. So, so how can yeah. people find out? What does your organization uh, exist for, Jacob? So, so what's your business model? What are you out there for? And how can people get in touch with you? Okay, so we are the U.S. Hemp Building Association, and we also have that's the 501c6 uh, members association. We have 501c3, which is a charitable donation, uh, which is um, U.S. Hemp Building Foundation. We're there to kind of set up this industry and kind of mush, move this forward and push it forward. Most recently, we got recommended for approval for the IRC uh, residential codes. Um, we're preparing in two years to go for the commercial codes um, in this country. We have not been using this material, but they've been using it in Europe. So we have a long history and, you know, we can see the past 30 years that how they developed and how they, these homes have been successful. So we're just trying to move it into this market. Uh, we're working on standards for quality controls and components. Um, right now, we're working on educational materials. I am making cartoons. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, so, you know, we're really there just to try to make people aware and realize this option's out there. And when people, like I said, this environmental stuff, whatever side you lean on, you know, that's, that's the way that it seems like things are going. Um, and we all need to be prepared for a developing market. And this is a key to that developing market. Got it. And you're national, correct? We are a national organization. Uh, I, I live in Nashville, Tennessee. We're, we're based out of Colorado and we have... Um, a board of directors and seven board of directors in like six different states. So wow. all over the place. Wonderful. Okay. And repeat your website again so people know how to get hold of you. Uh, org. So you, uh, org. Wonderful. USHBA. Hey, thank you so much for spending yep. a few minutes of your Saturday morning with us. You go and have, I hope it's beautiful in Nashville this morning. It, it is beautiful out here, and there's a concert in the afternoon that I think I'm going to go to. So it's, it's a beautiful day. What's thank the you so much, Rowena. Of course. Yeah. What's the concert? 
there's a, a Nashville helping Nashville um, concert in the park, and the last band is doing Neil Young like covers. Oh so. wow! Gosh, I'm a little bit envious. Um, however, we do have the beautiful weather here today, so enjoy those concerts this afternoon, and we'll talk to you soon. I'd love to have you on to uh, keep just exploring this new way of building, Jacob. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rowena. Talk to you Bye. soon. So. Oh my gosh, I'm so fascinated by hemp houses. And what were you going to be amazed by, guys? Just go and Google Hempcrete House in Asheville. You'll be amazed at what comes up. So there are modern houses and there are arts and crafts houses. There are all kinds of different houses on there that just look like a, a regular house. You know, they're not sort of, I don't know, Jetsons houses or something. It's uh, an amazing earth grown product. Yeah. And the. Uh, THC is the active ingredient that is not allowed in hemp. It is, uh, they're, they're microscopically managed and mm-hmm. while growing the crop to make sure there is no THC yeah. in it. So you can't get high in the living room in a hemp house <laughs> unless you bring something else in. Yeah, that might be, might be putting a few people off there. But however, it's, it's a very cool concept and it's, Again, bringing back the old, and I'm glad yeah. that we're growing it again here. But I think that, uh, you know, uh, I think it's current generations. So maybe older people remember hemp rope. I think I even remember as a kid hemp rope. So I just hadn't connected because I was too young then to connect hemp to, to pot. It's a, great, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great crop for farmers. Uh, a lot of uh, fourth and fifth generation apple farmers in Henderson County are growing hemp. Now. Wow, that's so interesting. Yeah. Wow, so it's a crop they can actually make money on. Absolutely. Mm, very interesting. And maybe maybe it's just one of those things where, you know, uh, the mindset has to change around what this is. For the younger generations that don't remember, hemp being a key part of materials that we use, whether it's for paper or anything else. Did you hear about the draft of the Constitution being on hemp? Or, uh, yeah, I heard that. that. I heard that. Yeah, it was amazing. I think education is one of the big, big uh, uh, projects of, of uh, hemp proponents, as we had Blake Butler here on our show not long ago. Yes, thank you, Blake. Education uh, is the key with, uh, with hemp growth. Absolutely, absolutely. That was great to throw some uh, hemp creeps in there on our show about is the market crashing in the, market, in, in the mountains? It, it, you know what? It, so everybody says, oh, it, it won't crash here because... Uh, or it won't go down here because we're protected, we're special. Everyone says that. The Atlanta market says that as well, and I looked at their figures yesterday, and they look exactly, we, they could just drop on top of ours, and they could be the same market. It's happening everywhere. It's an economic cycle. So let's look at one scenario. We've got about one minute left before we jump off. I don't know how that happened. Uh, thank you to all our callers today, absolutely, looking at these different scenarios, and, uh, of course, talking about the hempcrete as well. Sam and Vivian are selling the home in a small town, 15 minutes. These are people I just met re- last, last week in a small town, 15 minutes to downtown Asheville. Viv- Viv's mom and dad are moving down from Pennsylvania, and they're all looking for a home all together where they have an in-law suite. What should they do? Very easy. Sell it now. Get in now. For all the reasons we went through earlier, more listings coming on, less showings, uh, more showings per listing, That's the beginning. We're 90 days behind of the lagging. See you on the radio next week, guys. This has been the Plain English Real Estate Show with Rowena Patton. Visit Rowena and post your questions at RadioAsheville.com or call her at 828-210-1648.